Hi, I'm Chris Varner. And I'm Sean O'Brien. Welcome to It's Not The Differences. Okay, everyone, welcome back. We thought this time around we would get just a little bit more personal than before, although that 80s sitcom one was kind of personal. Um, and talk about fears. And we're going to just see where it goes with this, see if we stay personal, stay professional, or go into some other areas. So as far as fears are concerned, the one I wanted to talk about myself was something called imposter syndrome. And I think, Chris, you had, you had heard of this. So let me ask you, so you can put yourself in the mind of a listener, uh, what is it you understand about that term, imposter syndrome? The way it works is an imposter, obviously, is somebody who is disingenuous or fake. And I think where we struggle with psychologically, I know I do, is that you want to be the best at whatever you're doing, right? You want to be the best teacher, you want to be the best coach, in my case, father, etc. But you always feel like, are you... Are you genuine in, in your, your motivation? Are you genuine in uh, what you are doing? And then the worst thing is you have that fear of what if somebody realizes that I'm not quite who I say I'm trying to be in this sort of thing. And I think that if you want to look at it from a, a, a general sense, it would be somebody pretending to be a police officer with a fake badge. That's an imposter. There we go. But... What if uh, somebody gets into a college and they think, I, I don't deserve to be here? And wait, my worst fear is somebody finding out that I, I can't cut the mustard here. Like, uh, maybe they're going to assume I lied or how did I get in here? Now with the celebrities that pay for their kids to go in there, I mean, it, it goes. But that's just sort of where we go. As you're navigating through life, I didn't, I, when I first got into coaching, I, I kind of felt like that because I wasn't a great football player. I didn't care that much. And all the kids who were better football players than myself, we got in around the same time. And I kind of went, what if they just tell everyone I wasn't that good of a football player? There's no way I could be a good coach. Like, am I really a good coach? Because I wasn't a good player. I didn't realize those things didn't have to go right. together. But for a while there, I felt like, you know, I, I, I coached these kids whose older brothers were my, my teammates because I was only 20 when I started. And I went, what if they go home and the kid, oh, he, Warner, he, he sucked. He wasn't even good. Don't listen to him. Like, oh, what if I get found out? You know, so right. this is what we, a lot of people go through this. You know, right. We have that self-doubt. Are we really doing this for whatever reason? Am I good enough to be here? So you have it sort of split in half on um, – like a motivational, I, I, I'm saying I'm doing these altruistic things, but am I really doing them for altruistic reasons? Or do I have a more sort of base, sort of selfish reason for doing them and I'm just fooling myself? On the other side of it, and the one that I think afflicts, my, afflicts me more, is the more, am I as good as people think I am? And I don't mean good altruism, I mean skilled and proficient. And what's odd about it is, and I want to talk about this in particular to you, is the idea of accolades. And we can get them athletically by you win games or you win trophies or things like that. Accolades don't, not only don't help, they, they sort of actively make it worse in my case. Um, whenever I have some accolade, like we at this school, we do the Apple Award. We do this very nice thing we do every month. It's actually, I think it's coming up now, I think about it where we, we award each other 
teachers award each other awards. Um, we do an apple. And I remember distinctly when, I think by now virtually all of us, I think you got it a few months ago or something like that. It's, it's getting to a point where we're starting to look around like, okay, who's, who hasn't gotten this thing yet? But I remember distinctly getting it and thinking, well, this doesn't count. Like, this isn't real. And I didn't mean, I can't remember who gave it, but I don't mean the person giving it to me is insincere. I mean, it was a, it was a pity move. Or, well, they had to think of someone, and they, that was the first name on the list they happened to be looking at. Every, in other words, every accolade I win, I tend to discount and say, well, that doesn't count for whatever reason. It's a mistake. It's the wrong person. It doesn't thing. mean anything. Yeah. Um, or as you were just saying before we went on air, something's coming right after that that's going to either take it away or invalidate it in some way. On the one hand, listeners, I don't want you to think we're both, we're both crying in our weak tea every day about how we're miserable wretches who don't deserve any success. But I also don't want you to think we're not thinking that because there is a definite element that at least in my life, I want to speak just for myself, that is definitely, I don't deserve, I mean, fill in the blank, the wife that I have, the children that I have, the job that I have, whatever accolades I might have accrued, don't deserve them either. And it's a constant fluttering of these bat-like leathery wings of despair. They're always there. Thought? Well, I mean, <laughs> but I dropped that one. When we say pride before the fall, I mean, yes. So then you start to think, am I being, am I just being <laughs> arrogant? Now, where is the line between arrogance and confidence, and just being sure that you're you're pretty damn good at what you do, versus you're faking it and you're just oh. being boisterous bragging about yourself? It's it's tough because I think it plays on all of our insecurities. It it does not allow us to be happy, and I think a lot of it goes because we don't know how to live in the moment, mm. and we're always. Living in the past, which gives us depression, or we're thinking about the future, which gives us anxiety. Right? I <laughs> there mean, there you go. When sure, was the okay. last? Because you stop and think. I was just, you know, talking about this. Uh, well, with, with myself, actually, in my head, okay. trying, to, trying to sit there and go. We've been programmed to forward think, and I realize now in my mid forties, I don't know what happened in my thirties. I didn't enjoy it like I should mm. because we always have this. I'll enjoy it later. But right. when's that going to come? Right. I'm, 45 on the back nine of my life because I'm not going to live to be over 80. So if I don't start actively trying to enjoy today, tomorrow's going to come and yesterday already happened, then when am I going to? Am I just right. going to be a miserable old man just, you know, waiting? To, like I get a hole in one on the golf course. Well, I'm going to get struck by lightning next. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, we get stuck in this sort of chasm of our own self-doubt and fear that we're not good enough to to have these things that come and maybe we are but you know what today we are sort of like the, the if you look at the example of a week on a calendar that during the monday through friday are you waiting for the weekend and then on the weekend are you dreading monday exactly perfectly put. i thought so perfectly <laughs> The, and that, I mean, I don't want listeners, you to get the impression someone's going to jump in here to the studio and rescue us from ourselves. Because I think the other side of that, and I was talking to a friend, this is years ago about this, that being dissatisfied with one's success is also what pushes us to future success. 
So you said it a few minutes ago, the line between arrogance and confidence is a very difficult one to find and to live on, as is the line between complacency and, I guess, recognitions of one's accomplishments. You, know, you don't want to ever be complacent, but you also don't want to never acknowledge an accomplishment. We were both coaches. We both had, well, you more than me, but had a very, very big win recently. You're right there, too. And, um, but there's still a game after that. Yeah. So we have to do this sort of balancing act of great win. That's sticky. Let's hope. We talked about, we've talked about this a lot. Let's hope that win is sticky and stays with us forever, but doesn't stick us in place, right? It's, it's sticky honey fingers, but not concrete shoes. Like, we're not stuck where we are because we won. That's it. Game over. Nothing more to do here. But on the other hand, you don't want to throw it out and never have it in your head. That's a tough line. Let's, let's put this back on our students. We were talking again before air here that the students seem particularly, I don't know, dead now. <laughs> but that just segues to another question. How much in their heads is their anxiety of the future stopping them from enjoying the day that they're in? What I do think, you think? I think it's, it's particularly our school. Yeah. I think it's huge. But also when I was at Canyon, who maybe I didn't have as many kids that were driven to go to Harvard or some Ivy League, but I think it's just the way our society thinks. Maybe our, we're raised, you know, from the, uh, the, the grandchildren of the greatest generation who knew what it was like to have nothing during the Great Depression and then to go out and give everything in World War II. So what did they do? They always teach us to save and that sort of thing. When my brother passed away at 49, it kind of made me um, start to look and go, what am I saying? Like, I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to make it to, to 70 sort of thing. So I think it's a fine line between not being reckless in the right. mind, but right. also stopping every now and again. Like, I just went, because we had our bye week, I went to Big Bears, you know. Right. And I've been making it a point over the last year to every now and again stop and look around. Take almost a mental picture that I won't ever forget because I love looking at landscapes, whether I'm at the beach or the mountains, and I just find myself stopping for about five minutes and going, you know what? I like where I'm at right now. And the, when I go back down the mountain, there's going to be the problems, but not right now, there's not. And that's just, we're not, our society doesn't allow us to do that because then you're just lazy. Oh, you're just sitting around thinking about this all the time. It's, we could return to the, Greek philosophers that were, you know, soldiers and then worked and then spent the, the remainders of their lives you know, philosophizing about right. why we're doing this, but we don't do that. Like everything, and I think with technology it gets things easier, but also exponentially speeds everything up. And these kids, sure. you see it like I do. They're they're freaking out over their college apps and everything. Right. And I try to tell them, if I believe this, and I believe this wholeheartedly, if you're a good person and you work hard and you don't do anything that's going to jeopardize your freedom in terms of breaking the law, the world's going to give you a thousand do-overs. That's just how I look yep. at it. Especially the American world. Absolutely. Uh, yes. You know, if I quit every single time it didn't go my way, I would never be anywhere. And that, that the, we can debate and have debated that different classes of people get more or less do-overs. Yeah. That's, that's a different debate that we're not going to have now. I would agree with that, and I try and tell the students, look, the, the fixation you might have of getting into the right school 
or having the right major, or even, for that matter, even though we don't talk about this, finding the right partner, are misplaced anxieties. Mm -hmm. You should have some anxiety about certain things. It's what gets us to prevent the bad things from happening in the first place. But the anxiety of, if I don't get into NYU, my life's over, that's a false, you shouldn't have that anxiety. I tell them about the, there's a program in California that if you were in the top 9% of your class, you were guaranteed UC admission. Now, you're not guaranteed a particular campus, but you're guaranteed UC admission. They've never heard of this. And I tell them that not because I'm promoting the UC system as much as there are safeguards in place that, as you said, if you work even reasonably hard and you are a reasonably good person with no egregious faults in your history or your character, things will work out. You don't necessarily know the way they'll work out and your specific plan for how they're gonna work out might not happen exactly that way, but things will. Things will happen the way they ought to based on who you are, where you are, you're at West Ranch High School, things are going to work out. I don't know why that's such a hard message for them to hear. You say it's because of society. Well, I mean, we also need to look at if you could plan out every single stage of your life down, down to the minute, boy, that'd be boring, wouldn't it? Because how, yeah. think about what you wanted when you were 17 and now here. If you would have even told me eight years ago, back when you were umpiring and I was coaching my son in baseball, <laughs> that someday we'd be doing a podcast. Right. And we'd, I'd be coaching a wedding. But that's the cool thing. And sometimes you sure. have to sit back and look at, at the, the road and how you got here. And, you know, I still remember I applied for a long-term sub job up in, up in Oxnard and I was promised I was going to get it. And the principal went with his daughter's friend. And I remember I threw, I went into defense mode and I, I, I threw a temper tantrum and I said, oh, I'll never coach. They don't want me. I don't know. If, that was the best thing that ever happened because it brought me here where I am today. Sure. And so there's no accidents, right? At least I don't believe. I believe it's, it's just, you know, like uh, Bruce Lee always talked about being like the nature of water. It doesn't, doesn't dictate where it flows. It accepts. And sometimes we have to do that. We, there's things that are just out of our control that we mm -hmm. can't, and we so want to try to control. Or you get the opposite of people that don't want to do anything because they don't want to fail at anything. Yes, I mean, yes. It's, it's yes, both yes. things that we, we need to have. And I don't think there is a way to properly navigate it, but I don't certainly think putting this anxiety filled on a 17-year-old, because when does the anxiety stop them? Because they're going to be, I've got to go to college, and I get a good job. I've got a good job, I have to get this. I have to get that, and all of a sudden, I got this house. I want to get a better house. And what is it at? Six. Right. There's no. It's there's no end square no. on this game. I'm here. I'm here. That's it. So right. get the square I want. And <laughs> that's the show we need to do. Hollywood <laughs> Squares. Best Hollywood Square. Paul Lynn. Got to be. Center Square. Paul Lynn. You don't like Paul Lynn? I like Joan Rivers. Okay. That was more my. Time period of very rapid fire humor, John. Oh, Paul Lind a little bit more drawn out. Yes, yeah. Charles Nelson Riley. No, he was more match game. Yeah. Match game was just Hollywood Squares with one level removed. Is that what it was? Well, it was. That's right. No, you're right. No, one you're thing right. gone. Was, but you didn't have the, the squares. Though. And every single rose, answer right? was Whoopi. <laughs> 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 what did you say, Joe? What did you say, Waylon Flowers? Like it was just it was always another way to say whoopee. See, that's just where this podcast gets. Let's start with fear, end with Dean Rayburn, 
long mic for our matchstick. listeners who are under the age of 50 you have no <laughs> idea the people we're talking about let's just do dean mark go next, right? <laughs> go google match game and you will be absolutely hooked you can't once you see you can't unsee it it's it's like a rich little concert you can't unsee the long thin mic that gene rayburn holds <laughs> right. at waist level <laughs> that somehow reaches all the way up the the fears let's go back to fears you almost want to tell these kids, you want to build some sort of device that gets their future self to tell their current self, it's, it's actually going to be okay. Look at this. You wanted to go to Stanford. You ended up, you ended up at uh, UC Davis. It's fine. That's where, fine. that's where I met my girlfriend and we're married and it's great. Don't, please don't worry. Oh my God, please don't worry. If for no other reason, let's take it back so that you can enjoy right now. Because right now you're in high school, you're a junior, whatever you are in high school. Please don't let this go by. I, I will in no way say this is the best time of your life because that's a miserable thought. But it's a time in your life. It's a time in your life you can't let go by. It won't happen again. None of the days you have will happen ever again. Enjoy it now. We're both football coaches. And you've, I've heard you say this to the students. There will come a day when your last snap happens. Whether it's your high school career College career, I don't know that we have any pro players at the moment. I'd argue no, but who knows. Uh, but there's going to be your last snap. You have a finite number of these things. Why don't you make every one of them enjoyable? Instead of, well, this one's to prep for the one that's coming down the road. As you said, though, I don't want any listener to think, well, we are advocating go wild every single day of your life. There's a piece of, of, of advice people like to give that I think is terrible live every day as if it were your last. Well, no. Because what, are you filling out your will every day? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I get just tired. Blowing all your savings every yeah. day? That's a, but, you know, the, you, you got a carpe diem, but there's nothing saying that you can't plan for a rainy day. But it doesn't mean, yeah. you know, eat ramen noodle every single day. To save up to, for... Come on, yeah. what are we doing? But I think, okay, so I always like to tell my students, and I say it to my own son, so my parenting has changed. We tend to okay. just ape and mimic the way we were raised, yeah. the way our teachers did things. So I've been trying to break out of that. And so I tell my sons, I am talking to my 15 or 16-year-old self, saying if I could do it again, <laughs> this is what I would do. I mean, when I tell when you, I tell son, you to I'm actually talking to I'm me. Talking, okay. And it, it's weird because, you know, my sons look like me too. So, so in one case, Austin looks exactly like them. But I'm talking, I'm actually talking. I'm you. actually talking to I'm you. I'm in the mirror. Why don't you just grow yourself your beard? Yes, I'm looking at 1993's <laughs> version of myself. This is what I would do. But then, then you have to stop and say, you know, how many parents, and this is not a, a shout at parents, like I've got it all figured out, but how many are just parenting the way they were parenting? Right. You know, I find that when I tell any, when I tell the students, when I'm teaching, or when I tell my kids, clean your room. Not just because I said to do it, but here's the benefit. You're going to have less stress when you can find where things are. Like, this this right. is this is where we're looking at it. And I think, you know, there's got to be some point of vicarious living where you have parents that are overly stressed with their, their, their children. Right. But I don't know. Are we wrong? Are we wrong to push kids to an unrealistic expectation? I don't think that that's true. I think we should strive to be our best. But we should also enjoy our accomplishments. Should, I mean, like you said, we, we had this great win. And... I have anxiety about, well, we got more to play. You know, I have actually, I wouldn't have said this 10 years ago, but because I have to work on it, I have to train my brain to sit here and try to enjoy things because we always have that, what's next, what's next. Right. And like you said, 
Will Boy get your last? Oh, that's silly. I mean, come on. <laughs> Play the odds on that, right? Yeah. Every day you wake up. Well, this might be it. No. But at some point you're gonna be disappointed. Like yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah. I gotta do I'm another still one. Still here. It's like Groundhog Day, right? <laughs> like, I'm stuck in a time loop. But the number of things I hear, or um, um, lessons, or tests, whatever it is, that I hear, you'll ask a student, "Now, why do you think we're doing this?" And their stock answer, "Oh, to prepare us for," and they'll name college or next. Yeah. You want to say, isn't it enough that we're doing it for its own thing? Why does everything have to be a setup for some other thing? Because that's how we've trained. Yeah. That's can it. some things just be for themselves? I don't think they can. Not unless we have to have a paradigm shift of thinking. And that, that has to happen individually. But also, like I said, we're, we get our lessons from the people that knew what it was like to literally lose their savings because there was no mm, FDIC. Right. Right. So they told their parent or their children who told who are our parents, and all we do is pass it along. We have to agree that there's got to be some in between, and the message needs to be prepare but enjoy. And that's got to be a collective idea of things. And these kids, I mean, we were forced to hit pause during COVID and quarantine, mm. and that's where I it changed my whole life, and for the better, I might add. Oh, good. But it took that, it took everything pausing for me to stop and go. Man, I'm, I got like what happened to my family? like I really I spent so much time worrying and not enjoying, you know, my kids when they're younger. Now they're driving. Like I don't want to say that because you always say that, or you always hear people say, "I can't wait to be a grandkid," or I'm sorry, a grandparent. I can't wait right. to you know right. because now I don't have as much responsibility. But so you're not enjoying now, so you have very yeah. like, you yeah, see yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just the way we we've we've trained our thoughts to always be forward. And if it's not if today isn't you don't struggle to make it the best day possible, you're never going to have that good day. Because I don't think I've ever had a day, although it was close on Friday. <laughs> That's it, we can stop right here. You know? But Take no, that would be sad. Like, you know, but it's the grind, it's the journey, right. it's, it's everything that makes life special. You can't enjoy the good without the bad. You know? I mean, you, that, the bad days make you appreciate the good days. That's true. That's quite true. So that's what I wish for the, the students I have. Of course, at, at the school we're both at here, we are, we are very blessed to have very, very compliant students, Absolutely. very, very diligent students. The, the, we're, the overwhelming problem is anxiety that they're not performing well. We have very few, I don't even know if I have any students who are, look, you're not actually trying hard enough. You're, you're not doing enough to prepare. I don't have that particular problem. I'm sure it exists. There are students somewhere or people somewhere where you say, well, look, uh, you know, every day shouldn't be skip school, go to the skate park. You know, that's not bright either. But our problem that we're seeing today is the other side of it, the side of one day I'll be happy. So it's always in front of me, but it's never actually with me. I don't like watching students like that. I don't like watching ones that don't take the moment as funny or, or happy or let's just be goofy for a little bit here. They don't. It, today was particularly grim. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, grim. And you think, you should be grim at 17 in a Southern California suburb that's, you know, for the most part safe? Do you think it's partially because news travels so fast and this world is so much smaller than it was when oh. we were younger? Like, the ignorance yeah, these is kids bliss, are I don't know. Maybe. I mean, 
when when I was in high school, you know, that was when the periodic table had just the four elements: <laughs> air, earth, fire, and water. Uh, no, when I was in high school, you're right. There wasn't there wasn't this crushing idea like you have the world the world's waiting for you to fix it. Um, it was do your lessons, go to football practice, maybe be in the school play, because you could do all those things when I was in high school. Sure. You didn't have to specialize. Um, and then maybe, you know, if you're thinking of it, maybe get into a school you, that fits you. And that's it. That's what you have. Oh, and if you have a partner, you know, try to not make her cry every single day. Um, that was about it. There was no... I mean, I'm sure the environment was suffering, but we didn't like hear about it. It wasn't on our shoulders. The only the only difference, and I remember this from high school, was because uh, this was in the mid '80s. Nuclear war was heavy in our heads. We would constantly be thinking about any second now, it could just be over. Didn't we have that TV show with the day after? The, oh, that was with Jason was. Robards. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah, that was they shouldn't have made that. That was, was terrifying because of the impotence in it. It wasn't, so call your congressman. No, so that's it. See you later. Credits roll. <laughs> we're, all, we're, all, we're all going to, to heaven. No exits. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Going now. And there were, and because that show was completely just despair. It was about, this is a bad thing. We should probably not have a nuclear war. There's nothing you can do about it. There you go. And next up, the nightly news. I mean, there was no, there's nothing good about that show. I remember that distinctly. But I don't even know if that was as existential a problem as some of our kids are facing now. What do you, I mean, are they facing more I because we're putting more on them or because of their cell phone connectivity or, or is it not different at all and we're just perceiving it different? It could be because, well, think about it. Everything's relative to our experience with it. So we had cutting edge technology being able to record television programs with a VCR that our parents didn't have. Yeah. So to us, that was tough. We had the, the greatest technology. Oh my gosh. But we look, you yeah. know, look at now, we'd have, we didn't have any. But for these kids, so they don't realize what they have, nor did we appreciate what we had. Yeah. Or at least it was yeah. in the, the, the scheme of, of what we doing things but I don't know I think the kids now can find themselves being able to distract themselves from their own feelings easier okay but having said that are those very same distractions parts of anxiety we have in the news all it the Facebook to, stuff it, it they're to. not distracting themselves by going on the happy fun clown show they're going to distracting themselves on oh look at this post my friend did where their life is better than mine that, so I think they're dis thing, yeah. I think they're distractions as you put it because I'm I'm pointing now at my little cell phone holder thing. When class ends, okay, everyone go, let's clean up the room and they'll get their cell phones back. They're all checking, they're all checking, well, and nobody's laughing. Yeah, nobody's checking. Going, oh, my friend texted me this really funny joke. No, they're trying to hook back into a world that they've left behind. You know, an hour ago when class started, <laughs> you think no, it's just like it was. Like, the world is as it was when you left it. But they don't believe it. I don't know if that's the same anxiety. Is the world, what is the world like an hour later? It's the same, guys. They don't, it seems to me, they're not checking their phones for the fun of it. They're checking because, what if I missed something? Well, that's that, that FOMO, FOMO idea. Yeah. And there's no, I'm not seeing a lot of joy, I guess. Is, I guess that's what I'm ultimately saying. 
I'm not seeing the joy. And I want to see it, especially after COVID. I want to see it. I want to promote it. I want to instill it in them. Like, this is fun, isn't this? Look what we're talking about. I don't see like I'm getting it back, and I'm wondering why. They're getting messages, though, that if you don't care about every single cause, then you are part of the problem. Okay, okay. So I don't think, I mean, that's one of the messages. Name your issue. That'll be a message going out. But if you're not saying something, you're not posting that, then you don't care. That's not true. But that's how it's presented is if you don't do X, Y, or Z, then it's your fault. It's, It's on you. And they're getting that from so many different things that I don't think they know what to believe or what is genuine or, or how to enjoy time. Well, it's, it's easier to distract yourself. And like you said, you go on Facebook, whatever the case may be. Well, the kids don't go on Facebook anymore, but Instagram, and you see these. You know, I think they're, for them, the, the, instead of the sitcoms, which for us was that 25 minutes of, right. of escape, for them they can get the same thing in one minute of a funny TikTok video. Okay. And then now they're back to it. So where oh. we had to check out, we had no choice. You know, I remember our remote, what did we have? Five channels, right? Yeah, yeah three. So, I would yeah. agree. So you watched that, and you waited to go to the restroom at the, the break. <laughs> the because break. you, didn't want, right. it you couldn't right. come back There's and no coming it. back. But for them, every, think about oh. it. Even their entertainment distractions is one minute at a time, yes. two minutes at a time. So if you're saying that the, the totality of issues, is so overwhelming and they feel like they've got to have a comment or an activism in every one of them, I could see that. One of my favorite parables, I I love this parable. I think it says exactly what I believe about getting stuff done but also not being overwhelmed is the starfish parable. I don't know if you know. It's, uh, we'll use a little boy for this one. A little boy is on the beach after an unusually high tide that has washed hundreds of thousands of starfish ashore that are going to dry out and die. They are miles and miles down the coastline. The little boy begins, picks up a starfish and tosses it into the ocean so that it might live. An old man watching this knows what the kid is up against and approaches the young boy to say, little boy, these, there are hundreds of thousands of starfish. They will die before you can get to all of them. Your efforts don't matter. None of this matters. And the little boy picks up a starfish, puts it in the ocean, and says, matters to that one. That to me is the parable of don't let the impossibility of all of the problems of the world overwhelm you from solving the ones right in front of you. I love that parable. That is the perfect parable for, yes, the world was ever thus, right? It was always a mess, maybe more, maybe less, but it always was. You've got this piece of it, kid. Do what you can, but enjoy it while you're doing it. And I, I really wish any of you kids listening would, would take that in mind. And, and even if we can't see you because you have a mask on, smile under that mask, just for us. For the two old men, one older than the other, <laughs> in the room talking to you, let's have some joy out there. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. If you'd like to hear more from Chris Varner, please visit my lifestyle channel called Just a Dad Bod. And for Sean, you can find my books on Amazon or on my website at seanobrienauthor.com.